Let's try this, okay? He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. That's right. This is the heart of the greatest news that we will ever hear or know. It is the one event that has changed the course of world history more than anything else that has ever happened. And it happened in a, by, a sideways, bygone area where no one was really even noticing. But... It was the greatest news. And the good thing is, it didn't end on Good Friday. If it ended on just Good Friday, well, then sin would have been defeated because the blood of Jesus was shed. But death and Satan would have remained. But this day, Sunday, not just sin was defeated. Now death is defeated, which means that you no longer have to die. Eternal life. Eternal, abundant, overflowing, pressed down, shaken, running over, in your lap, life. <laughs> That's, that is what is yours now. That happened because of Sunday. And then everything that the enemy has set up, all the structures and all the things, the world systems and all that kind of stuff, everything that he set apart to do was destroyed. He was, the scripture says that, that Jesus disarmed the principalities and powers. They had weapons, now they don't. Okay? They are disarmed. Because he broke out of that grave. So I want to just look at two verses this morning. This is going to be a short message, okay? Two verses, and, but they're loaded. They're amazing verses. And it's Hebrews chapter 12, um, and I'm going to start with verse 2, because verse 2 basically summarizes everything we're talking about this morning. Okay, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It, it, and it's the second part there. It says, For the joy set before him, there's people prophesying that this morning, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That is what he did, and where he currently is, by the way, <laughs> and where you currently are when you believe in Jesus. Whew. But look at this verse. Let's break it down for a second, okay? For the joy set before him, that joy is you. You are the joy. When he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and crying out, not my will, but yours be done, he had you on his mind. Absolutely. He saw you and he's like, I am going through with this because I love you. Because I love you. And it's a joy for me to go through this because I see down the corridors of time, I see you choose me. So I do this for you. And it's a joy to do this for you. And then the second part, he scorned its shame. When people were crucified, they were it was basically putting their mistakes, their bad choices on display. 
And think of, think, when you're crucified, it's, everything's wide open, right? And, by the way, you won't see this on movies, but they were crucified naked. They were fully naked. How do we know? Well, Jesus, it says that the guards gambled for his undergarment. There was no undergarment. That's how they did it normally, though, because they wanted to heap as much shame onto the people who were crucified to scare anybody else from doing something like they did. And, and so, you know, you're not crucified like this, you know, trying to cover. You're crucified like this. And, and, it's, and right here, he's saying Jesus scorned the shame of that. He never let the shame of that land on his heart and wound him. He never let the shame of it speak a false identity over him. He knew who he was. He knew what he was doing. He scorned the shame of it. He's like, no, you're not even touching me, shame. You're not even going to land on my heart or on my mind, in my soul, anywhere. I'm not letting you touch me. Scorned its shame. And then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That is the place of supreme authority. That is King Jesus, Amen. right? Yes. Sat down. That, that means when you sit down, it means you're victorious. The battle's been won. It's time to relax. Not that God's relaxing. Maybe that's not the right word. It's time to rest. <laughs> the battle's been won. He, he declared on the cross even, it is finished, right? It's done. It's over. Seated with Christ. Seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And now we're seated with Christ. That speaks to our identity too. His victory has become your victory. His rest is now your rest. <laughs> right? Uh, so, this little snippet of this verse says so much. But if we back up one more verse, it basically we understand why this matters to us, okay? In verse 1, it says, well, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. I just want to read um, the Passion Translation of that verse, verse 2, really quick. It says, um, his example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation. And now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. <laughs> Woo, that's a good one. Uh, you can chew on that for a lifetime. Uh, so let's back up to verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross? Okay. So you're seeing this, okay? So here's the picture that he's painting. We're all running a race. We're all in a race right now, okay? It's the marathon race of life, okay? You, you don't necessarily have to be in great shape to, to run this race. However, 
the focus isn't the focus really isn't us in this race. Where what is our focus? What does it say? Right there. First word. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The focus of the race is not us. The focus of the race is him. And he's our example of how to do it. That's what he's saying. Jesus is our example. He, he didn't let uh, shame land on him. He didn't let the pain of the whole cross and, and all that deter him. He, he persevered in the race. Okay? But I want to hone in on a couple things. Because the two things that are mentioned here that hinder us from running, there's two things. They affect every human being on this planet. Whether they know Jesus or not, it's these two things that slow us from fulfilling the destiny of God in our lives. That's our race. God's purpose, God's destiny on our lives. There's two things. What was it in first one? It's everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Two things. Everything that hinders and the sin that entangles. So I want to just dig out those two really quick. Everything that hinders, if you look in the Aramaic, which is the Hebrew version of this, the Septuagint, the word they use is a piercing. Almost like, the, the picture is like an arrow stuck in you. And, and you're trying to run the race and you got arrows sticking out of your arms and your legs and, you know, and you have these piercings, this arrowhead stuck in you. And it's saying these are things that hinder you. They are the wounds and the hurts that we get through life. They're arrows. Okay? Some of them from the enemy. Some of them from people. Some of them from circumstances. But every one of us gets hit with arrows at some, t- at some point in our lives. Right? Okay. Yeah. There's good news in this, though. It says that we can do what with it? Throw it off. We can throw that thing off. It's not our identity. It's not, <laughs> it's not unconquerable. We can throw off the wounds and the hurts. The pierces that we've taken through life. We can throw that stuff off. Okay? The second thing that, that th- slows us down, throw off everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles. In the original language, the sin is singular. The sin. It's not the sins. It's the sin. If you look in the context of this, Hebrews 11, the verses right up to this is all about faith. It's all about believing. The sin that, that uh, easily entangles is unbelief. The, the Greek word is literally unfaith. <laughs> it's unfaith. That easily entangles. And how do we know that, the, that these things are happening in our lives? One sign of a wound that we're carrying is simply that we've gone into a victim mentality. We, we uh, you know, the focus comes back on us on the wound itself. We're, we're, try, we're trying to run the race, and we're like, oh, that hurts so bad. Oh, oh, and you run into something. Because it says what? Fix your eyes on Jesus. 
So as you fix your eyes on Jesus, you may have a wound, but the fixing of your eye heals the wound. Okay? You're getting the, the victim mentality switches because you get the eyes, of, the focus of your life off yourself, and you're getting the focus of your life on Jesus. That's how you heal a victim heart. Because the focus is off of you. Okay? If you're dealing with self-pity, or you're dealing with entitlement, I deserve this, and uh, or you're feeling sorry for yourself, uh, you know, going through... Those are two signs that you are thinking victim. Yeah, amen. Surefire signs. You are thinking victim. Which indicates that your focus is on you in some area of your life. And so how do we throw off the wound? Fix our eyes. Fix our eyes on Jesus. And not on ourselves. Okay? The second part here. The unbelief that entangles. That unbelief. How do, how do we know that there's an unbelief? Fear. Very simply. We're afraid of something. Afraid of someone. Afraid of the future. Afraid of not being able to change. Of being stuck. Fear of the past repeating itself. Fear that I just won't be good enough. I won't be enough. All kinds of fears, right? There's so many. Fear is a sign of an unbelief because, again, where's the focus? It's on me. Yep. On my inadequacy. On my disqualifications. I am comparing myself to others and seeing my lacking. So the focus, again, in unbelief, the focus is on me. On, me. <laughs> on my past, whatever it is. And here's the deal. Every wrong belief is really unbelief. Every wrong belief is really unbelief. Because the focus, again, is on myself rather than on Jesus. So if I'm running this race, this thing called life, and I'm running it, and my focus <laughs> is on myself, how, on, on, on how I feel sorry about myself or how I deserve for all that I've gone through, I deserve something. I, you know, or, or my focus is on my fear. You know? and, and I'm running. Maybe, maybe that fear is chasing me. I'm like, and poof, I hit something again. Because the focus is not on Jesus, who is the author and finisher. Finisher. He gets you there to the finish line. He's the finisher of your belief, your faith. <laughs> this is the reality. I, I want to, so Jesus is our example because he did this, right? He didn't let the scorn of the, the, the shame of the cross land on him. 
That was a deep, that could be a very deep wound if you survived it, which no one did. But that could be a very deep wound to say, look at all the good I've done and you're doing this to me? Because Jesus never, here's the deal, in Jesus' race, what was his focus? Was it himself? It was the Father. (laughs) That's why none of this landed on him because his focus was on the Father. He was fixing his eyes on the Father. Now we fix our eyes on Jesus. He ran the race perfectly. He didn't let any wound land on him. And he had plenty of opportunity to do so. He didn't let any fear take a part of his heart or of his focus. He was the perfect example in the way he lived. And here's the promise. That the one who authored that belief in you, that faith in you, is also the one that will bring it to completion. That's the promise. We are one with him. Jesus lives inside of me, inside of you, when you believe in him. He lives in you. And now that truth of his life, that reality in which he lives, is now your reality. That unwounded soul. That no fear kind of mentality and thinking and perspective. That is also your reality and my reality. We are free. We are so free. We don't even know how free we are. We don't even know it. But that is working out within us because we be, we're being conformed into the image of the one we're focused on. <laughs> this is the good news. <laughs> if he can do it, you can too because he lives in you. This is good news, guys. This is really good news. I saw this joke uh, this week. I'm so full of Christ that if a mosquito bites me, I want to hear it flying away singing, there's power in the blood. (laughs) But I'm trusting the Lord that mosquitoes won't be in heaven. So, yeah. Oh, so my questions for you this morning are, what wounds are you carrying? What arrowheads are sticking in you right now? And what fears are going on in there? I think we can all say in some way, we are carrying a wound here or there. We're all carrying a fear here or there, right? I, I think all of us in some way. It won't always be like that. But what's our response? Fix our eyes on Jesus. Not on the wound anymore. Not on the fear anymore. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus. And as we run, we are healed. Jesus overcame both. It didn't end with Good Friday. It ended with today, the resurrection day, and the cross has has been defeated. 
His victory has now become your victory. His victory is your victory. Hear that. Okay? You are not a victim anymore. You are not a slave to fear. You are a child of God. <laughs> yeah, it is. Freedom. His victory has become your victory. 